Take your Bibles and turn over to John chapter 3. <laughs> Forget the welcome, man. I want to preach after that. Thank you, choir. God bless you. Dwayne, brother, dad, praise team. Awesome job this morning. Welcome to worship at Lindsay Lane Baptist Church. Man, we're so glad that you're here this morning. 
And we want to say a word of welcome to all of our guests. If you're visiting with us today, we want you to know we're glad that you're here. And uh, we want you to know that you're loved. And we'd also like for you to know there's a Connect card in your bulletin. And if you'd take that and fill it out just to let us know that you were here, we'd like a record of you being with us. If you have a special prayer request that our staff can pray with you about, any of you that want to put a prayer request on that card, uh, you can certainly do that and turn that in. You can drop them in the offering containers that are out in the foyers. And so if you have a special prayer need that we can pray with you about, we'd be honored to do that. And so we just want to say welcome to the Lord's house today. Uh, what a day of worship it's going to be. Uh, as part of our worship here at Lindsay Lane, includes our giving. And certainly we want to be faithful in every area of worship and living and uh, in, even in the area of stewardship. And so uh, there's offering containers out in the uh, foyers. And so as you leave today, if you haven't already dropped your offerings off there, if you want to do that, uh, you can certainly do that. I'll be putting mine there as soon as the service is over. But we uh, want you to give this morning as God would put in your heart to give uh, that we continue to reach people for the gospel of Christ here at Lindsay Lane. But it's, a, again, a joy to see you this morning. Uh, we want you to worship. Just uh, pray that the Holy Spirit just indwells this place. I told you it's going to be a great day to worship this morning. Our pastor emeritus has the privilege of baptizing this morning, so we're going to, uh, Pastor Dusty's going to share with us in, in baptism, so we'll let's celebrate baptism this morning uh, together.
Amen. Let's stand together as we sing. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles, if you've been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lies, if you're trying to fill the same old holes inside, there's a better life. There's a better life. If you've got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way maker. If you need freedom or saving, he's a prison shaking savior. If you've got chains, he's a chain breaker. That's right. We've all searched for the light. We've all searched for the light of day in the dead of night. We've all found ourselves worn out by the same old fire. We've all run to things we know just ain't right. There's a better life. There's a better life. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way maker. If you need freedom or saving, he's a prison shaking savior. If you believe it, if you believe it, if you receive it, if you can feel it, somebody testify. If you can feel it, if you can see it, if you can feel it, somebody testify, testify. Come on. If you believe it. Testify. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way maker. If you need freedom or saving, he's a prison shaping savior. If you got chains, he's a chain breaker. If you need freedom or saving, Shaking Savior, you got chains. He's a chain breaker. Yes. Amen. Do you believe it? Amen. You know, we all have those things in our life maybe you've been praying about, and you're wondering why God hasn't done anything about it yet. I don't know what it is. But think about it. What is that thing that he's told you what to do and he's told you what he's going to do, but it just doesn't seem to be happening? Well, I want to read you these two scriptures, Hebrews 11.1. 1, Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. We cannot see what he's going to do, but he will do it. You have faith in that. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Amen.
promise still stands. Sing it to him. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my Y'all sound pretty good. Thank you for singing out. God is worthy of our worship and our praise. Amen. Thank you for being here. My name is Andy John King. I'm the lead pastor of Lindsay Lane Baptist Church, and I'm thankful to see you today. And if you have your Bibles, you can open them up to the book of Colossians, as we will be there for a minute in a few different places. Last week, we talked about the gathering. This week, we will talk about groups, uh, truly, in, in last week, including this week, and now the next week, we will communicate 
about what it is as a staff and leadership of Lindsay Lane we think you, you should do in order for your church experience to be all that it should be. And last week we talked about the gathering and how we should worship and praise God together and how the Lord's, God's Word teaches us that we are coming out of the world and into the church to lift up praise and lift up each other and to send out influence. That's what happens is when we get saved, God puts us into a new family of faith in the local church. And, and so today what we want you to do is we also want you to get in a group. We want you to think about your time and we want to think about your foundation and where you are in your Christian walk and your next steps. And we want you to get in a, a small unit of believers that does life together, that prays together, that studies the Word of God together, that goes through life with each other. I was just sitting there in worship and a sweet lady who is in this church reaches over to the other and says, Hey, how's your parents doing? Y'all, that's church right there now. That's church. And those kinds of things happen when the church gets smaller, when you move from the rows of the gathering to the circles of the groups. And so with that, I just want to let you know, we have these little small, simple, but detailed group flyers at every next step stand, at every exit that you go out of. But you also can go online. You can click our campus. You can click the tab that is groups. You can sign up for a group. It'll tell you a little bit of information about groups. But we want to move you from the rows of the gathering to the circles of the group. And today is all about that and why it is biblically important. I have shared my testimony many, many times. I've shared how, how God saved me. I sat in the back row of the church that I grew up in. And the Holy Spirit of God gripped my heart. I went home and talked to my mom and dad and called upon the name of the Lord to be saved. I was saved that night, and I thank God for it at 11 years old when God saved me. Now, what I haven't shared too often is how I've been discipled. For the Scripture says in, in Matthew 28 that those are His disciples are to go and make disciples. So I want to tell you, I, I have been discipled. And I want you to say with confidence the same, that you have been made into a disciple of Jesus Christ, one who, who faithfully follows Jesus by living His ways and learning His Word and serving His purposes. And that's what I believe a biblical disciple is. When I was in, after 11 years old, I, we were still in the church. And again, I was discipled in the student ministry. Year after year after year, from probably my 8th to ninth grade year on through my senior year, on Wednesday nights, there was a group of about 12 of us. And every single Wednesday night, we studied the Word of God together. And our youth leader taught us what it means to be a faithful follower of Jesus Christ. And it happened over time, and we had a great, I, want you, I don't want you to misunderstand me, we had an awesome youth group, we loved being together, we loved hanging out, we went on trips, and we did all this fun stuff, and that's certainly a part of being part of the church, is just enjoying the goodwill of one another and enjoying church together. But if I'm being honest, with the church where I grew up in, we didn't have a band, we didn't have media or technology, we had a leader, a group, and a Bible. And, and so in those times, while we enjoyed fellowship together, because it is part about fellowship, God's man taught us the Word of God, and over and over and over again through the years, while I was not anywhere close to perfect faith, and sometimes not even close to spiritual maturity through those years, by the time I left that group and went off to college, I knew who I was and what I believed. Because I'd been discipled. And so... There are many different ways to be discipled, 
Uh, I, I mean, similarly, they, they all look the same, but it can be one-on-one, it can be one-on-three, it can be on Sunday morning, it can be on Wednesday night or Thursday afternoon. Some of y'all crazy folks meet at like 5 a.m. at Cracker Barrel. It's not even open yet. Y'all got your Bibles open. Some of you text me at that time. I'm just kidding. But no, I mean, like, no, no matter what it looks like, you need to get yourself in a group that is smaller than this gathering so that you can study God's Word together to become a faithful follower of Jesus Christ. And it just so happens at this church, we do groups at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Now, I call them groups because that's in my language. Some of you may call it Sunday school, and that's just fine. But here's what I want to tell you. Lindsay Lane Baptist Church has been doing Sunday school slash groups for a long time and doing it well. There's a lot of people in groups. If you go to different churches and different efforts, the percentages of how many of their gathering are in groups for the longest time, I'm, and this has nothing to do with me because I wouldn't hear but for the longest time, this church has led sometimes the state in the percentages of the people that are in the gathering that are in the groups. And those things over time will lead to discipleship and maturity. So it's been a part of our DNA, and I want to invite you, if you're getting comfortable in the gathering, try on a group. Because it's there where you will be, you'll be known, and you'll know each other, you'll be taught, you'll be ministered to. Over the last couple of weeks, I've taught, had a couple of different instances when I've checked on someone in our church, and I've asked them the question, I said, now, do you belong to a group? And, and both times, their response was, oh yeah, we belong to a group, they got food coming for the next three days. Because in the South, when you don't know what to do, you cook for people, Amen. And it's actually biblical, which we're going to see in just a second. But, but they're being ministered to. And it's not just food. There was provisions that were already in place for the house that they were going to outside the hospital. And all these things happen when you're known. And so when, you are, when you're known and you're ministered to, the way that you go from coming in and sitting down and enjoying worship to a place where you're engaged in the body of Christ is when the church gets smaller. While there were large gatherings of sizable numbers in the Scripture, we saw that, we took a look at that last week, most of the early church movement was based out of a house or or homes. Smaller units where believers met together regularly and, and they had a family atmosphere and they practiced their faith together. Justin Martyr, who is a great Christian philosopher and apologist, he said this after an inquisition to where his church met because he was under the threat of death and persecution. And when asked where his church met, he said this, wherever it is each one's preference and opportunity. So with that, I would say that while we, in the way that we group here at Lindsay Lane, may not look like the early church because we don't meet in apartments or houses, and we could, but while we don't meet like that, the elements of what we do in groups are the same that you see in Scripture. If you look in Acts chapter 2, verse 42... I told you to turn to Colossians, so you can just look at this one on the screen. If you look at Acts chapter 2, verse 42, the Bible says, All the believers, this is when the Holy Spirit of God comes upon the apostles, and they begin to minister, and there's preaching, and then thousands of people get saved. The Bible says in Acts 2, 42, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, and to fellowship, and to sharing meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. So once that large gathering started getting saved, they started breaking down into smaller groups where they prayed together, they had fellowship together, 
They studied the Word of God together, and they ate together. Some of you accomplished all that this morning already, amen? And it's, it truly is biblical. Let me tell you one thing real quick about eating together and fellowship together. Some of the reasons why we do things like a softball league or some of the things we do things like uh, having, having fellowships at Point Mallard or having fellowships where we go to uh, Lions Farms, we do those things, is because in here on Sunday mornings we get to say, hey, how you guys doing? Did y'all have a good week? We sure did. It's good to see you. And that's about all we get time for. But when we go and get outside of the gathering to smaller units, we then can begin to talk and have life questions. How's your family? Hey, we've been praying for you. Is that going well? And we have the time to do that rather than being up against the clock because the service is starting. And that happens when you get outside the gathering and you move towards smaller groups. Now, in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, I want you to notice the Scripture uses the word devoted. All the believers devoted themselves to teaching, fellowship, meals, and to prayer. Devoted is a strong word, y'all. Devoted means that they exerted habitual, personal effort towards these things. And don't, I, want you, I don't want you to miss this. Devotion is not discipline. It's two different things. Devotion and discipline are two different things. I don't want you to think of discipline to be in a group before you think of devotion to be in a group. And here's why. The, disparate, the difference between devotion and discipline is desire. You can be disciplined to do something and still not want to. Devotion is the want to. You will want to be together. You will want to be in the gathering. You will want to be in a group. And here's why. I'm fine with us having the spiritual discipline of attendance. That is a good thing because if you're committed to the long haul, to being part of the body of Christ, you're going to need that staying power, that discipline, that even when you wake up and you hadn't had that great a weekend, you're going to go anyway because you know you need to. But the reason the early church devoted themselves to teaching, fellowship, sharing in meals, and prayer was not because of spiritual discipline. It was not because they needed community in their life. It was because they were amazed at God. That's why. That's what the Bible says. It says in chapter 2, verses 11 and 12, that they were amazed at the wonderful things that God had done. And that's why they got together. We do the same thing. When we get amazed at stuff, we start wanting to tell people about it. And we want to get together and watch it and see it and experience it. And they were so amazed at God, for God had saved their eternal souls. They were going to bust heaven wide open. Finally, they knew the truth. They were forgiven. They were experiencing the mercy of God. No longer did they have to watch every step and just hope they were doing right by God. But God says, I got the grace and the blood of Jesus to cover that. And so they were all amazed at how good and holy and wonderful God is. So what they did was they devoted themselves to everything that would make sense to get together to continue to come in, lift up, and send out. The Bible says in Acts 2, 43, a deep sense of awe came over all of them. As they were meeting together, as they were grouping together, eating together, fellowship, prayer, Bible study, it, it was a deep sense of awe that came over all of them. One of the reasons that God has not yet been able to get a hold of our mouth and our money and our time and our schedule and our struggle is because what should be a deep sense of all is now or has always been shallow. We lower God to thank you for forgiveness 
We'll see it when we get to heaven. God had revealed himself to these people. And they were now right with God. They were experiencing eternal life. Do you remember when you got saved, church? Do you remember that? Have you gotten over it? Because you shouldn't have. When we take the time to pray and think about what God has done for us and how if it were not for his love and his holiness, we'd bust hell wide open, that's a good reason to come in here and sing songs, I'd say. And so don't, don't forget the price that's been paid for you. For God has revealed himself for his glory and for your good. And Jesus is the way to God. Jesus is the Savior, and the Holy Spirit began to fill their life and change their priorities. And so what they were devoted to began to shift from what had always been, and now they are following the living God together in a community. So with that foundation in place, let me tell you why we believe you should be in a group. Number one, continuation. Continuation. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 2, Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. And now, just as you have accepted Christ, Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Now, there are some guys that when they preach, they say, and everybody say continue. And for whatever reason, that weirds me out, but this is really one of those places where I want to go. Now, y'all say continue. Thank you. <laughs> You must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down deep into him and let your lives be built on him. And then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Just as you have accepted Jesus, you must continue in Jesus. The reason why Paul wrote this is because there was spiritual opposition to the church at Coloss. And he doesn't want to see new believers begin to fade away or lose their strength or lose their zeal. And to what he says, if you look in Colossians chapter 2 verse 8, this is what they're up against. Empty philosophy, high-sounding nonsense that came from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. If y'all don't think the Bible's relevant for right now, listen to what we just read. What the church is up against, even then, is exactly what we are up against even now. Empty philosophy. High-sounding, that sounds good to everybody, kind of nonsense, that comes from not God, but human thinking, and is driven by spiritual powers of darkness from the prince of this world, that is Satan, rather than from Christ. So, Paul says to the church, instead of stopping after you start, continue after you start. He's urging the church, when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it is not time to rest, it's time to build. It's time to continue. Because even if, y'all, even if we are saved, we can still be shaken by this world. If we're not grounded, we can be captured by empty philosophy. Worldviews that are competing against the truth. And Satan can't get your salvation. But he can cause you to act like a fool in this world. From what God saved you from, he can spin you back to representing things that God doesn't even value. Because he's got your mind twisted up. Now look at what it says. Your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught. Who's teaching you? We all need to be taught. 
Who is teaching you? Who's pouring into you? As we've seen in Acts, there's an example, and as we read here in Colossians, there's an imperative, an imperative to continue. When those folks, the early church, when they were filled with the Holy Spirit, they didn't just go out to eat lunch and then go to bed. They, they began to be on the grind for the Lord, for, filled with the Spirit of God to preach the gospel, to minister to people, to, to come out of the world, to come into the church, to lift up praise and lift up each other and send out influence. And they began to do those things continuously, persisting, enduring, to follow the pattern of Christ. And as one commentary puts it, and I love this, there was no gap between believing and behaving. That's good. Again, it's one of those I wish I'd come up with. But write it down because that's good enough to make a note of. For when we are saved, we are to walk under the Lordship of Christ with the stability of firm feet and foundation. Now the word leading to the thought, look at the scripture. Just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. The word that leads to the thought of continue to follow him is the word walk. You must walk it out. Ever forward movement. Y'all know what walking looks like. Ever, ever forward movement. We're progressing. We're moving forward. Now we're destined from A to B. When the body, when the physical body does not move, when we physically don't walk, we become deconditioned. We lose strength. We lose stamina. And church softball taught me that in the last month. <laughs> like everybody's like, run! And I'm like, I am running. That's, that's all I got. Well, when you don't forward movement walk and run, your body becomes deconditioned. And then you don't have the strength and the stamina. And the longer it goes on, changes are going to be more pronounced because your health is at risk because your body's not moving. Church, Christian, please trust this is the same for your spiritual life. If you don't walk forward progressive movement with the Lord Jesus Christ you are going to lose the strength and the stamina you're going to need for this world and to go up against all the things we just talked about and your spiritual weakness is going to become more pronounced as if you are not walking with the Lord if you are just checking in listen you can be here right now and not be walking with the Lord I'm so glad that you're here but I know there's been many times in my life that I attended got up and left and thought I don't even know what he talked about so you, you can do all the things and check all the boxes, but now what we're talking about is actually forward movement with the one that saved you because he is alive, his spirit is in you, and you are able to communicate and walk with the Lord God Almighty. But when we don't, all of the weaknesses we have become more pronounced in your private life and even in your public life. So your spiritual health becomes at risk when you don't continue to walk when you get saved. If I've heard someone say in the last three years, I'm just getting my steps in. If I've heard that once, I've heard it three million times. Anybody? The ones that are not saying amen say, I've already said that today and I don't want to admit it. I bet I've heard that. Well, hey, you going to get your steps in? We have invested money into devices. <laughs> and it's good. I'm, I'm for it, y'all. I just want you to know. It's good. But we've invested money in devices that are tracking our stuff that we're supposed to be doing anyway. Our walking. We're, we're investing money in devices that would say, you've walked today. <laughs> Just saying. 
But we're doing so because we are tracking the increase of our physical health. Y'all, I'm concerned that many Christians are not counting their spiritual steps. We're not counting our forward movement when we are paying more attention to our physical movement. What we see in Acts chapter 2 is the beginning of spiritual life for believers, the beginning of it. They got saved. God's Spirit fills them. They're beginning to learn and grow. They're just getting started. It's not the end of spiritual life once you move from darkness to light. Christian, once you are saved and baptized and in the local church, you are off to a great start, but you ain't done. You're off to a great start. I mean, a really good steps to, to be involved and to get in front of teaching and to be with others who are going through the same things, but it doesn't get done. Parents, hear this clearly. Our job as spiritual leaders of our children is certainly not over when they get saved. I, I, there's a part of us that feels like we've done our job once they get up out of that baptistry. Man, it's just getting going. How many of us crank the car and are satisfied to leave it in park? How many of us are going to go to the, the local restaurant here in just a moment and they're going to put a, a box of box? They're going, that, that's a lot. They're going to put a basket of chips and sauce in front of us. And we're going to take one chip and dip it one time and eat it and then go check, please. We're just getting started. How many of us listen to the first few lines of a song and turn it off? How many of us watch only the first quarter of a football game? How many of us just listen to the overtures at the beginning of a play? I'm trying to broaden the scope of my illustrations. <laughs> right? You get the point. Wrapping up Christianity at salvation or baptism or even joining the church is putting an end to things before they've even begun. So... The next step towards building a solid spiritual foundation for you and for yours and staying in step with the Lord is truly, biblically, to be in a group where spiritual disciplines are practiced together. Together. Secondly, the reason why we want you to be a group is, is saturation. Again, this is, this is Bible-based, Colossians 3.16. Colossians 3.16, the Bible says, Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Do you see that? Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. You may say to yourself, Well, I'm not ready to teach or give wisdom or counsel to anybody because I need all I can get. That's great. Sit in there and discuss for three or four years and let God change your life so you can now pour into somebody else. You, know, that's, you don't have to get in there and start talking. In fact, it's better that you don't. Let others talk and share and converse about what God is doing in their life as you get started with yours. This is saturation. Let the Word of God fill your life. That's what the Bible is telling us. In all its richness, fill your lives. And this is why we use the word saturation. Because as saved people who live and believe in Jesus, we are now, as Colossians describes us, the Bible says in Colossians 3.12, we are now holy people whom God loves. Holy people. And then, the Bible says in 3.17, we are representatives of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we're not just Christians coming to church. We are the holy people of God. We are representatives of the Lord Jesus Christ. And because we're being changed, and because we don't belong to ourselves, the message of Christ and all its richness should fill our life. Fill it up. 
saturate, soaking every perspective of the believer's life. Meaning the ball field or the boardroom, it soaks you up. Meaning if you're in the car, you're in the church. If you're in the dark, if you're in the light, thought, word, and deed, God's word together with his spirit fills us. Those who belong to God. Let the message of Christ fill our lives. Let me ask you a question. What message is filling your life? Because there's all kinds of messages competing for the message that is in Christ Jesus. And the message that is in Christ Jesus is that you can experience forgiveness and relationship with God. I don't care what you've done. Let me hear you. Let me say that again. You can experience forgiveness and relationship with God Almighty because of the blood of Jesus Christ. The message of God's word is that there are mercies new every morning. Somebody, just me saying that felt good because you know the week and weekend you've had. But to hear the verse of scripture that says God's mercies are new every morning means this morning. So you come in and heard that. That's from the word of God. Let the teaching of God fill your life. Sometimes it's not about the encouragement we need. It's about the guardrails and the standard we need. Everybody needs to know a way forward. And God's word does that. We're to saturate our life with the message of of Christ. What message are you allowing in or are you pouring in yourself? Is it an emotional message? How many of us are listening to emotional messages that are keeping us in an emotion? Some of us are scared to death and it's because we keep feeding our emotions. We're not, we're, we're seeking more of the headlines. We're seeking more of what people say. We're seeking more when our screens, and we have just dabbled in God's Word that day. We're just feeding our fear. Some of us, you're angry. Man, you're fed up with all kinds of stuff. And rather than seeking the peace and comfort of God, you get up every morning and then fill it back up again. And it's no wonder why we're going off on people. It's because we're allowing the message of anger to fill us. What are you listening to? What, what messages are filling your life? Maybe it's not anger. Maybe it's not fear. Maybe you are only listening to messages that make you happy. That's just as dangerous, if not more. All I want to do is disconnect from what I'm doing so that I can listen to something, view something, be around something that is going to make me feel good. If you keep listening to those messages and filling your life with those messages, you will get out what you pour in. Feelings-based stuff, not faith-based truths. Are you listening to physical messages? Meaning that the message you're listening to and subscribe to is whatever your physical life is telling you to do. Whatever your physical life is, is suggesting to you, because you're with yourself every day and there's no spiritual counter to that at all. This is the reasons why we give way to lust. This is the reasons why we give way to food, not just being a provision, but it being a comfort and a pleasure. This is often why we spend time and money and energy to improve our physical features. Past the point of honoring God with our bodies, but now we're honoring our feelings about ourselves. And it all started with the messages from our physical flesh. What are you listening to? What messages are filling your life? Is it political messages? God help us. Well, we've covered this enough. I think it's absolutely responsible to stay up to date politically. But it ain't supposed to fill our tank. 
I know that even for some in here, the only message we're getting the most of is politically because that's the only thing that's pouring out. If we had as much passion about the gospel and reaching our community as we have for vaccinations, masks, and an election, I believe God would use us to do something bigger. Can I just go on and say that? I don't care what side you fall on. And, and I'm going to take a holy risk right now and say this. You may say to yourself, well, it's about our rights, the Bill of Rights, our freedoms. God over history has had his gospel go forward whether they had rights or not, y'all. And I'm not downplaying it. I'm not downplaying it. I want you to understand me. But if we are filling ourselves with political messages, y'all, political parties are divided to begin with. And some of y'all may not like it. You can send your emails and some of y'all may leave. But I'm going to preach the convictions I have, the truth of the Word of God. Amen. Is it cultural? Are you listening to cultural messages? Y'all, we live in a culture of work, getting after it. Truth is, is we got to be careful about that here as a staff. We really want to work hard because we think we've got one of, if not the most important jobs in the world. We live in a culture of entertainment where, where we want to come in and if it's not fun, we're going to leave. Like, this is, this is, if it's not something that we enjoy, we're not investing in it. We live in a culture of success and this puts more demands on our time and we often don't have any room left in the tank for anything else. Because while it's filled with good things, it's still not filled with the message of Jesus. And that's what the scripture says. It says, let the message of Christ and all its richness fill your lives. Let the message of Christ and all its richness. Man, when you're forgiven, you're rich. When you have heaven, you're rich. When you have peace when you shouldn't have, you're rich. When you got faith over fear and you got courage over doubt and worry, you're rich. When you've got love when nobody else will give it, and you're loved by God Almighty, you're rich. Let the message of Christ and all its richness. Y'all, the message of Christ, what is that? Is that just the Gospels? It's the whole thing. It's the whole Word of God. From Genesis to Revelation, it's pointing forward in the Old Testament to the redemption of Christ. It's pointing backwards in the New Testament to what Jesus has done. And when you get to the prophecy, it's pointing forward again to when He's going to come back. The whole thing is the richness of Jesus. And the church must be filled with this so that it will be... Rep Don't miss this. We all must be filled with the message of Christ so that we will be representatives of the Lord Jesus Christ emotionally, physically, politically, and culturally. It's supposed to start from the message and then all the other things line up together. Have you ever put diesel in your gas tank? Who would be dumb enough to do that, right? <laughs> True story. I put diesel in my gas tank. Now, it's been years ago, and somehow I managed to bypass all the preventative measures that they put on the gas pumps and put more than one gallon in the tank, the gas tank that I had. And I'm so ashamed of that, I'm choosing not to elaborate any further. 
But gasoline engines are not made to run on diesel fuel. Y'all know that? That'll help you, teenagers. <laughs> that will help you today. Gasoline engines are not made to run on diesel fuel. And truth, now here's the truth about that. If you've got a little gas left, but pour diesel on top of that, you can still go for a little bit. I didn't try it. But you can still go for a little bit, but you're going to be sidelined very quickly. I'm convinced the reason that many who are believers in Jesus are not continuing to walk with God and not continuing to move forward in ministry is because they're filling their tank with the wrong kind of fuel. And there's a little Jesus in there. And so because there's a little Jesus and a little church and a little Bible, we can make it a little bit. And then when you're supposed to go on a long stretch, you'll find yourself on the side of the road before quick. So what are you filling your tank with? Is it the message of Christ and all of its richness? And if it's rich, it's going to take you a while to discover it all. Is it the message of Jesus? Because the message of Jesus is the quality and the quantity that God intends to work with the new engine that he's put inside of you. Now, look at what the Bible says next if you embrace the idea that you need to be filled with the message of Christ. The Bible then goes on to say this. Teach and counsel each other. With all the wisdom that God gives. Y'all, I love everybody in here, but you can't teach each other in this room. Can't ask questions, you can, but that'd be, make me nervous, to be quite honest. Some of y'all, your hands raised up, I'd be like, just put yours down, I'm not even going to answer you. No, I'm kidding. But you, you, there, this is not the setting for Q&A. This is not the setting to teach each other. But it is when we move from the rows to the circles that our groups and then we can ask questions, and then we can learn that other people are going through the same things that we've gone through. And it may not be exactly the same, but it's very similar. And then we can counsel each other, and then we can check on each other, and then we can fry something up or go buy a barbecue and take it by somebody's house because you're on our mind. And we want you to experience the comfort and the love of God that He's put us together to express to you. Finally, maturation. Continuation, saturation, and maturation. Ephesians 4.13. This will continue. And this is different now because now we're in Ephesians. I did jump on you. But two out of three were Colossians, so that's why I told you to turn there. <laughs> Ephesians 4.13 says, This will continue until all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord. Measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Did you notice what the first part of that said? This will continue. What will continue? If you look at the scripture, what will continue is God gifting the church with leaders. God gifting the church with leaders to equip God's people to do the work of the ministry. To build up the church, to unify the body of Christ. The Spirit of God develops faithful followers of Jesus Christ who have continued in discipleship and obedience. And y'all, let me stop for there just for a second. You know when the Bible says in the Great Commission that we're to go and make disciples, here, there, and everywhere, we're to baptize them. Do you know what it says next? And teach them to obey. You know what the first step of learning that we need as a Christian is that God calls the shots. He is not just Savior, He is Lord. Our interim missions pastor here, Nacho, every time he prays, 
You don't just love hearing some people pray. Every time he prays, he finishes it like this. We ask, O oh God, or we ask these things in your name, our King and Savior. He ain't just your Savior, though. Jesus is your King. All authority calls the shots. He's the one at the top, which is why. And even he says that in the Great Commission. I've been given all authority, which means if I've been given all of it, you can't take any of it. So what we're to learn first off and straight away, which God's Spirit even teaches us, is that we're to be taught to obey God. Flattened period. So when we read the Bible, what we say, or what it says we should do, we should do. And what it says we should not do, we shouldn't do. But the Spirit of God develops faithful followers of Jesus who have continued in discipleship. They've been saturated in the Word of God. And they've done that towards the devotion and obedience, which leads to maturity. Maturation. This is the, and once we are continuing in the Word, and we're being saturated by the Word, and now we're becoming mature in the Word, then we are to influence others to do the same. Now the problem is, is some of us take this on, and we get to step one, which is continuing the Word, and we kind of get to step two, which is to be saturated with it, but we don't want any part of step three, maturation, because that means we're going to have to do something about it. And, and when the Bible says, after Jesus said he's been given all authority, we're to go and make disciples. My question that I asked to you that I asked to myself is, how are you making disciples? We, we can't get by that. I don't, I, we can't. If that's what Jesus said and he has all authority, then we can't get by it. So we have to ask ourselves, how can I make disciples? If you are in a group, you may not be teaching or leading that group, but it's your Christian responsibility to know enough so that you can say enough. To know enough so that you can say something that matters as you are living out the Bible in your life that you would be able to pour out that into that group. In this sanctuary, in this sanctuary, sits the next wave of leaders at Lindsay Lane and other local churches. Hey, did you know God is still calling people to preach? God is still calling people to the mission field. He's still calling people to lead groups and to be deacons. He's still calling people to lead worship. And the prerequisite for all of those things is maturity. It's growing up in all of the richness that is the Word of God. If you're a young person in here and you have a thought to yourself, I, I think I may want to preach. Or I think God may be calling me to the mission field. Or man, I, I, I love to play and sing, but nothing fills me up more when I lead worship. Don't you turn the volume down on that. I've heard, I've heard pastors, I've, I've given testimony to this for a long time. I've heard pastors say, as I was growing up, they would say, and I ran from God for a long time until he finally got me. Y'all, I heard that message because when I was a kid and I felt God was calling me to preach, I thought all them other guys said they've been running from God. I'm not going to do that. Don't do that. You don't have to run from God to have a crazy story so that God can bring you into the ministry. If you believe you're called to ministry, turn the volume up on that. Explore what that looks like and even respond during the invitation and come up here and say, I think God's calling me to ministry. Let's talk about it. Because this, the Bible says that all this is going to continue until we get to such maturity in Christ Jesus that we are a unified body. And all of that means he's going to continue to equip leaders. He's going to continue to call people into the ministry. But y'all, maturity is not for Christian leaders, it's for Christians. Now, did y'all hear that? Maturity is not for Christian leaders, it's for Christians. Some people put that on me, it absolutely is for me. Well, you can't be doing that because you're a preacher. Well, you can't be doing that because you're a Christian. 
I mean, we're all called into spiritual maturity. And that's what Jesus prayed for us in John 17. For all who would ever believe in him, he prayed that we would be one. For the church to be united in God as he and the Father are one. And that means that they are of the same mind, the same standard, the same will, the same mission. As all of us are supposed to share all of those things. And before Jesus prayed, before Jesus prayed for unity in the body, this is what he said in John 17, 17. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. God would have you learn his word from somebody else he's already taught so that you can then pour out to others as you are learning yourself. And our opportunity for that here in a way that that will benefit you personally as a group. It really will. I remember years ago, our, our unit at our house went out. That's a joy, isn't it? Our unit goes out and a guy comes over to, to look at and fix our unit and he is filled with the Spirit of God. He couldn't quit talking about Jesus. And, and it's, it's some, sometimes people do that. I'm just going to be honest. Sometimes people do that because I'm a preacher. They feel like they need to talk about God. Uh, I'm looking at Brother Dusty because I just feel like... And I understand that. I understand that. But it wasn't one of those conversations. He didn't care who I was. He was testifying to God's grace and mercy over his life that had fixed his situation and he could not stop talking about the things that he had seen and heard. He, he was, it was on his, it was coming out of his heart because his tank was filled. It was coming out of his heart because he was not just continuing in the word, he was now saturated in the word and he was a mature believer and so he was talking about the God that he actually knew. The one that he had talked to that morning. The one that he had praised and worshipped together with the church on Sunday. The one from whom he had read the word of God. And so when he comes in in his daily situation, as he's fixing the units of the houses, he's talking about the Lord. This is our goal. This is where we want to get to. Amen? And if you're like, the, if you're like me, i got a ways to go. So you're going to find me in this place a lot. The following is a quote from someone that gives testimony to following Jesus this way. Someone in our church said, A lot of days what I feel and what I know are two very different things. I might feel like giving in to what my flesh wants will satisfy me. What I know is that it will not. I might feel far from God, but I know that His Spirit dwells in me. How do I know? I know because I've invested time studying the Word of God on my own and alongside other believers. It will help you. It will help you to go from the rows to the circles to be taught and comforted and encouraged by people who are going through the same things that you're going through. Regardless of what you call it, Sunday school, connect groups, or just plain groups, when, when you move to a group, you're taking the next step of faithfulness where the church gets smaller and where you can practice Christian community. And y'all, part of this is on us to make ways to get as many people as we can into small group discipleship so that they can be taught to obey and study the Word of God together so that they can grow up in Christ and unify in unity to represent the body of Christ. But the other part's on you. We're going to do all we can do. The other part's on you. We can't run SWAT teams to knock down your door and drag you out to groups. And I guess we could, but... Is that a new ministry we want to start? The SWAT team ministry. What's that about? 
we'll all just have to make, you know, whenever we hear God's truth, are you with me on this? Because I know it's, know it's this way with me. Whenever you hear God's truth that doesn't align up with what you're doing already, you have to make adjustments. That's, that's why the Spirit of God is drawing us to that place. Currently, while there are some group, groups that meet during the week, the majority of our groups meet at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings. And Lindsay Lane has done that for a long time, as I said. And perfectly honest, we've done it really well for a long time. So, so check it out. Try it out. I want to show you a, a picture on the screen. This is a group that our staff is currently investing in. It's, it should be right behind me there. This is a group that our, our staff is currently investing in. Once or twice a week at Traditions, a member of our staff will go over and we will teach a 10 to 15 minute uh, Bible devotion there. And these ladies this past week, I, I had, had them uh, take a picture of, of all of us that were there. Y'all, it's hot outside. And they're tired. And of all of those ladies, there's one. Now, the one on the end came late, and that happens when you're doing traditions at Traditions. But they get there. I love late people because that's kind of who I am. But they get there, and while we were there, when I was teaching the devotion, we only had five. Four of the five are above the age of 90. One, you may say, well, the other one must be young. She's in her 80s. The Bible says, this will continue until we are all unified, mature, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Jesus. This will continue. The learning and the growing and the seeking and the asking of questions and the lifting up one another and the praying and the sharing in meals together. This will continue until we are all unified, mature, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Now some of these ladies have been following Jesus for a lifetime. But this will continue until we're all unified and mature and measuring up. So exactly how many of us in here, when we look that and we take into context what the God's Word is saying, exactly how many of us measure up to the full and complete standard of Christ? I guess I'll see you in groups. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Lord, what an honor it is to come together. I was glad when they told me, let's go to the house of the Lord. What an honor it is to sit underneath the truth of your word and freedom. We are thankful, O oh Lord, that we can sit together and be free to come in and to worship you and believe that you are the only way, the truth, and the life. Lord, I pray for, for those who are young in the faith, that they would understand the principle of continuation. That they, now was the time to build. Lord, for those of us that have been Christians for a while, Lord, that we understand the, the, the principle and the truth of, of saturation, of you filling our everyday life with your word. Lord, I know I need more of you. I need more of, of your word. And Lord, you would bring us to a place of maturity so that we would be unified to represent your glory. You are the God who loves, the God who saves, the God who is willing to reach down from heaven and spend His glory on us.
God, thank you for the blood of Jesus who paid the price for all of our sins. Lord, if there be one or many that does not know you, Lord, if this is not personal to them, if they know they need to be saved, they know they need to be forgiven, Lord, I pray that they would just shirk off every air of pride, God, every distraction, and Lord, that right now would be a time of decision. And whether they walk this aisle or whether they stay right there, Lord, that they would call upon your name, trusting that you have made a way for their eternal life and forgiveness. Lord, I pray that that happened today. If we need to take the next steps to join this church, Lord, if we need to take the next steps to be baptized and to be obedient as a first act of obedience, God, if we, if we need to get in a group, whatever you are bringing to our heart and our mind about being obedient more and honoring you in maturity and unity in the body, Lord God, that we would be responsible in our forward movement. Lord, I know that's not the only thing going on here. Spirit of God, you know the challenges and the worries and the doubts and the fears of our people. God, you know the ones that have just gotten phone calls and news that has completely changed their world. Lord, would you please minister to them in a way that, that a, a topical sermon would not. Spirit of God, would you guide them into all truth and remind them that your story and truth is rich. God, we pray that we would respond in faith however you would lead us. In Jesus' name, amen. This altar is open for you. We have pastors, decision counselors here. If you want to join the church, need to be baptized, if you need to be saved, come on down. song we could ever sing, worthy of all the praise we could ever bring, worthy of every breath we could ever bring, we live for you. Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever say. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Oh, we live for you. Holy, there is no
Jesus, the only one who could ever say, worthy of every breath we could ever breathe, we live for you. see just for a moment we have a ministry video to show you and one more presentation before we leave.
Good morning, church. Broken Circles Widows Ministry helps widows recognize their need to daily depend on the Lord and to realize all strength and peace comes from Him. We give each other love and support. We share practical knowledge of what to do and who to call when there are issues to deal with. Scripture has many references concerning widows, both in the Old Testament and in the New. Widows were prominent in the New Testament church. Jesus met their needs of everyday life. He followed his prophetic predecessors in his concern for the plight of the widows, raising the widow's son, for example. One of the poorest of the poor, Anna, was privileged to meet baby Jesus in the temple. The New Testament church has been given a responsibility to widows, and Lindsay Lane fulfills this obligation. We have monthly fellowship luncheons every third Tuesday, and any widow is welcome to join us. Now we have Barbara Hobson and Ruth Jane Johnson to share how the Broken Circles has ministered to them. Thank you. I'm Ruth Jane Johnson. I've been attending Lindsay Lane since 2010 when my late husband, Floyd Johnson, and I moved back to Limestone County. It's been such a blessing. And when Pat called me about this Broken Circle Ministry. I didn't hesitate one minute to join and tell her I would be there. We met new friends immediately. We became bonded. Uh, we uplifted each other. And the camaraderie was overflowing before our meeting was over. And if there's anyone out there who would like to join us, we would love to have you, and we know that we will love you and help you find how we can all serve the Lord better, and we would just appreciate you getting in contact with us, and let's all pray together, serve each other, and continue to grow Lindsay Lane. My name is Barbara Hobson, and uh, I... I have a mental block of, about the date that my husband passed away so I had to look it up this morning because it's coming up later this week. <laughs> uh, I have thoroughly enjoyed uh, being part of this widows group. I have made friends and not only do I see them for lunch once a month but some of them we've gone out to lunch other times, we've gone to movies and done other things together. So the friendships have been uh, very worthwhile made with this group. It's also better than sitting at home by myself uh, thinking about what am I going to fix for lunch knowing that if I fix anything of any quality it's going to, I'm going to be eating leftovers for the coming days. So being able to get out with other people saves that hassle and I'm sure those of you who live alone probably suffer the same problems. Come join us. Uh, as you can see, uh, we have fun together and uh, we like to laugh. Thank you, Pat, Barbara, and Ruth Jane for your heart for ministry and for loving the widows in our Athens community. Many of our widows have also participated in our grief share program. Maybe you are not a widow per se, but you are experiencing grief and loneliness that comes in waves due to a loss of a loved one. Our Grief Share Ministry will be starting back Wednesday, September 1st. 
GriefShare is a 13-week video-based community group that meets from 6 to 8 on Wednesday nights in room 118 at our church. If you're grieving the loss of a loved one, we pray you will not grieve alone, and you'll check out this wonderful group and allow it to minister to you. If you would like more information about getting involved in our Grief Share program, you can contact me, Katie White, at the church. Thank you, ladies. Uh, we are so thankful for those two ministries here in our congregation. My name is Greg Wise. I am the newly formed SWAT team pastor here at Lindsay Lane Baptist Church. <laughs> No, I'm Connections Pastor here. If you had the opportunity to fill out that uh, Connect card that's inside your bulletin, don't forget to drop it in any of the uh, gray kiosks as you leave our sanctuary today. Also, this afternoon, or this, actually this evening at 5.30 in the sanctuary, we will have a group leader meeting. So if you are a, a group leader now or maybe interested in leading a group, please be in here with Pastor Andy John at 5.30. Also, in uh, two Sundays, we have a new members class coming up. That is Lindsay Lane 101. We would love for you to be a part of that. If you have joined our congregation recently or just interested in joining our congregation, again, that will be in a couple weeks. And lastly, before we leave today, we want to honor uh, someone who's been serving here for quite some, uh, quite a, quite a, a long time, uh, Miss uh, Lori Carter and her husband Drew is going to come to the stage uh, now. As they are making their way up, um, I, I went back and looked. I think they joined our congregation 17 years ago, and Miss Lori has been serving in our children's ministry in some form or fashion for the last seven years. Uh, she's been our children's ministry director uh, for the last year, and she has recently uh, taken a position with Athens City School System, so she's going to be serving in an interim role uh, while we uh, try to look for somebody to replace those big shoes that she's uh, we're going to have to fill, and Andy John's going to come up and uh, say a little something shortly, uh, a little more detail about that. But we just want to thank you guys. Our congregation thanks you for, for many, many years of service here. Give these guys a hand. <clears throat> Thank you. It's well-deserving. Well uh, uh, Drew and Lori uh, serves their butts off. I don't know if I'm supposed to say that in church, but they do. Um, <clears throat> Lori's worked for me for the last year, and I've, I, it's been an pl absolute pleasure. I know all of us can't say thank you, but we got uh, just a few voices to say that, so check out this video, and Andy John will come close. Hey, Lori. We just want to say thank you. Man, you've done a great job for several years here at Lindsay Lane. You're going to be sorely missed, but we love you, and we we'll, uh, hope to keep seeing you here at Lindsay Lane for years to come. Thanks, Lori. Thank you. Thanks, Lori. Thanks, Lori. Thanks, Lori. Thank you, Miss Lori. Thanks, Lori. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, Miss Lori. Thank you, Miss Lori. Thanks, Lori, for making my job easier and for always loving our Lindsay Lane families. Thanks, Lori. Thank you, Miss Lori. We love you. Lori, thank you so much for your many years of service to our church and our children. I'm especially appreciative of your personal sacrifice of worship time with your own family so that we could worship with ours. I'm praying for you as you follow God's guidance into the classroom. I can't wait to see how he's going to use you to minister to those kids and those families. 
Um, I'm so grateful for our friendship, especially over the last couple of years where we've worked so closely together. I'm going to miss working with you every day. I love you. Amen. Uh, Lori, we love you so much. We honored you with boys to men on the... On the... <laughs> Truly, uh, we, we love your family, and we're so thankful for you. And they, they have served in different ways, uh, Drew being a deacon, and then Lori serving in the children's ministry for eight-plus years. And uh, truly, this is a decision that's not come easy, but they believe the Lord is leading to something different. And so while we've already begun that search immediately, and uh, we, we're still praying for God to meet our needs with leadership boys that we have here, which we've seen in the Scripture that He will. Amen. Uh, we just wanted to take the time to, uh, to say thank you. Uh, I have children in your ministry, and uh, it means a great deal to these parents to know that their kids are, are safe and taught well and led well, and uh, we're so thankful uh, for that. And you led uh, children's ministry through a pandemic, and, uh, and, and there were times when they were making videos and crafts to do on videos and not having anybody, and so we just wanted to let you know how much we appreciate you both. And, uh, Thank you for what y'all are doing. It'd be my honor to pray over you as we, uh, as we close out. Lord, thank you so much as we see a picture of a family that gave and is giving their life to you. Lord, in uh, the church world and the secular world, we thank you, O oh Lord, for how you have uh, given us leaders here at Lindsay Lane. And I uh, thank you, Lord, for Drew and Lori and for their ministry. Jackson and Kinsley, Lord, we just pray over them and pray, God, that you would continue to draw their family together as they influence the world for you. And Lord, even now, we pray that you would meet our needs for the leaders we need here at this church. And we thank you, O God, and honor the ones that you have sent to us because of how they've honored you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you all. You are dismissed.